Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval. Well, that was one heck of a return to Philadelphia for head coach Jonathan Gannon and defensive coordinator Nick Rollis. What's going on, everybody? Tyler Drake here alongside Jeremy Schnell feeling in, filling in for Lauren Colville today after the Cardinals have taken down the Philadelphia Eagles 35-31 to and one heck of a comeback win for this Arizona squad. Really, I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but it really was a tale of two halves. What what say you, Jeremy? What really stood out to you today? And Jonathan Gannon just has the secrets to all what, of what the Eagles were going to do today, right? That's what we could say, honestly. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Eagles did seem to score almost every time they touch the ball, but the Cardinals kind of matched them today. Um, in the first half, the Eagles got off to a 21 to six start Cardinals. You know, they only had two field goals, but you know, they, they seemed like they were still moving the ball really well. Again, Tyler, they did not punt in this game. That's a big stat. That's a big stat. Obviously, they had the pick six. That was, you know, oh man, what's going to happen mm-hmm. after that? And then, mm-hmm. you know, Kyler Murray, possibly had his best game of the season so far. I don't know if it's possibly. I think it was for sure, even with the first half kind of sputtering. But even then, like we were talking about earlier, when they were operating outside the 25-yard line, they were moving the ball with ease. There was no problem there. As soon as they got in deep territory, that's when it was kind of getting mucked up a little bit. So to see them kind of work through those issues and, and know that they were close, and then to really turn it on its head in the second second half and really show that how close they were by you know punching it in multiple times really really stood out to me and like you said the pick six was obviously the worst part of this game for them by a long shot obviously Michael Wilson and, and Kyler Murray had some miscommunication there but I think the fact that they hung in and Kyler still you know it almost seemed like he was talking up his guys instead of getting on him and and I think that really showed they went back to Michael Wilson later in the game but yeah I mean just an overview of what Kyler did he went 25 for 31 with three touchdowns for 232 yards he did have the pick six which I think at that point a lot of us were like oh boy if this is anything like if the second half is anything like what this first half is going to be then it's going to be a blowout and instead instead of getting those field goals in the first half it was touchdowns in the second and obviously that's going to be the deciding factor Murray also had five carries for 24 yards Ooh, the, Jer- run, the run game was really good yeah. today and and that's yeah and and I mean we'll get right into Connor but before we get into that and the run game and Michael Carter because he had a great game too where is your confidence level at with Kyler Ooh. in at at this point in the season, like, is there any is there any inkling of this isn't the guy for the Cardinals? It's forward? such a tough question because he goes into Philadelphia and has a performance like this. It, it looked like twenty twenty one Kyler Murray at the beginning of the season. You know, he was able to you know do whatever he wanted mm-hmm. on the field today, right? And that's what Cardinals fans have been waiting for all season, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a big reason. For Kyler Murray, Murray doing his thing is what you said. The run game was impressive once again. Another huge day for the run game as a whole. 40 carries, 221 yards. They were averaging about five and a half a carry. They had a long of 22. Had the one touchdown from James Conner, which James Conner's the dude. I don't think we all we all know that. <laughs> always has been. We, he always has been, always will be. He led the way, 26 carries, 128 yards, had the touchdown. But he also did it in the receiving game. And he only got one target and one catch, but it 
was probably the highlight of the game yeah. with how he did it. It was just like it was like almost like a couple years ago when he did it against the Bears. He had that one-handed touchdown. He had a one-handed snag on the five or from the five five-yard touchdown, and really, I think that was the the moment of like, yeah, these guys are. These guys are coming back. They they are coming back with a vengeance right now. It reminds me kind of of that two-point conversion uh, against the Raiders last year for Kyler where he was scrambling trying to find a way to get into the mm, end zone. Mm-hmm. He got he got in with his legs in that situation, but this one he still kept his eyes down the field. He knew Connor was the safety blanket there. Yep. Connor ran a perfect route, brought it in with one hand and hey, I, not only is he a threat in the running game, but obviously the receiving game, and he showed there, listen, 26 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown, but also Michael Carter, 7 carries, 61 yards. They absolutely dominated the Eagles up front today. Yes, and I want to see more of this Connor Carter one-two punch. Nothing against Amari Demarcado. I think he's great in pass pro, but I think Michael Carter gives them another edge as that number two guy behind Connor, and today was a great you know, example of that, he like you said, Carter, seven for sixty one. He averaged eight point seven a carry. Like that's impressive. For yeah. a guy and who some hasn't of the really cuts been around that he too. made too to oh, leave yeah. some shifty. of the d- defensive players in the dust. Man, he's shifty out there for sure. Yeah. Shifty for sure. And he also had a touchdown too. He had a one he also had one catch, one target, one touchdown, six yarder. So really impressive day from the running backs, the running back room, obviously Kyler Murray. And I'm just impressed this other stat you you mentioned the um the punting stat zero punts i'm looking at the second half and seeing nothing but touchdown after every drive that's the that's the one that i'm really really like wow they they not only figured it out for one drive they sustained it enough and used a lot of under center looks a lot of shotgun looks a lot of getting a bunch of people involved you can't ask for anything more for this team I think Drew Petzing had a perfect game plan coming into today. They started off the game with the first play of the game being a play-action pass that went to Trey McBride. Mm-hmm. I kind of set the tone for the whole game. Put the ball in your best player's hand and, and Kyler Murray and let him let him cook, for lack of a better term. Um, and, he, I mean, he did. He, he played super well at those three touchdowns. Obviously, the one pick is a stain on the, on the game, but it didn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Nobody's talking like in the exactly you said it. Nobody's really talking about the miscue as much as it seemed like it was going to be a big deal. That really feels like it didn't even happen. And obviously, like in the fact that he got Michael Wilson back involved, I think that's going to do wonders for his confidence moving forward. Just it's almost like the Trey McBride situation. You know, keep going to these young guys, build their confidence, and you'll see exactly what's going to happen. He used both those guys as his safety blanket today. There were a couple third down conversions, I feel like, that went to one of those two. Um, and, you know, Michael Wilson, obviously, you know, the miscommunication on the pick, but he came back with those four four receptions for mm-hmm. 35 yards and, and a touchdown, and he, he was great. And you know what else is really crazy today? Wide receiver led the receiving game <laughs> for like the first time in weeks. <laughs> I saw Vince Murata was still a little upset with, with how the receivers were playing out there today. Greg Dortch, seven catches, 82 <laughs> yards. He led the day. And I'm going to say it again every week. It sounds like a constant just it's a broken record, but you got to play Greg Dortch. He's done enough to where he deserves to get touches and whether it's in the return game or whether no, it's... No, it needs to be offensively. <laughs> return game, he's already made his case for that. Offensively, he's made his case, but he's still not getting the proper looks, I think, in my opinion. And this is one of those games where you, where I think all of the Dorch Bears sit back and say, this is why you play this guy. What do you think of the defense, specifically, you know, forcing Jalen Hurts to, you know, try and get out of the pocket a little bit today? Honestly, like... 
the sack numbers aren't going to show up, and I wasn't really going to be looking at sack numbers today anyway because it was obviously coming into this game. They just got to contain him in the pocket. That's when he's going to make his mistakes. We've all seen it. We've all seen the stats. He throws more picks in the pocket. Like that's just a given. And honestly, you've got the Joey Blunt <laughs> interception at the end, which I mean, obviously it's a hail mary at that point, but. I thought the defense did what it needed to do. I thought the first half was obviously there were some things they had to get back there. But uh, in addition to that, the pick six is one of those touchdowns. So improvement needed to be done for a, a consistent full game there. But I thought what they did in the second half really was eye-opening and really kind of played into, I think, just Jonathan Gannon's mentality as, as a head coach. It was that nitty-gritty, I'm going to beat you doing what we do best versus what you do best. Uh, Antonio Hamilton led the team in, in tackles today with seven and tied with Chris Barnes. Uh, yep. I, I thought both those guys played pretty well, but specifically, I think the secondary really did do a good job. It won't show up, but you know, only 23 attempts shows that they're kind of respecting this secondary a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree there. And here's another stat, too, is... There was no touchdowns caught by A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, obviously Julio Jones. <laughs> two got caught by Julio Jones, but I mean, if you've got to pick your poison, which I think we've we've all talked about how this Cardinals team has to do that, they did, and they limited him to four catches on five targets for 53 yards. Goddard, Dallas Goddard, had five catches for 47 yards in the touchdown. But yeah, Julio, two catches, 34 yards, two touchdowns. That was obviously their guy when they were close, but... I. He, You've got to give them credit for that just for the fact that they held one of the best receivers in the game to that kind of number. Any concern with Zavin Collins today? I, for me, I, it's, it's kind of weird with Zavin because I feel like he's just getting asked to do a lot of different things, not just pass rush, and that is very much taking away from him just being able to rush the guy. And... I think other guys, like, I'm I'm kind of watching B.J. Ojolari more to see if he's starting to pick up more of the things that Zavin's doing on, on top of pass rushing. I think I saw a little bit more of that today. So I'm almost wondering if they're trying to maybe give some other guys, some younger guys, more of those roles and let Zavin go. Because I think Zavin can be a serviceable dude. I think they have to go get another pass rusher somehow. A guy that is a very dominant, you know you have to block this guy. And then you get a rotation of Zavin, Dennis Gardeck, B.J. Ojolari. Uh, one or two other guys in there, and and you really go that way. I think that's the way you've got to go about it. Nothing against Zavin. I just think they need to get another guy that's really a world record, and I know that's hard to find, but you need one of those guys to really free up what the other side's going to be doing. Now, in terms of draft positioning... Oh, yeah, let's get to the draft. This puts <laughs> the Cardinals behind the Patriots now at number three. So... Three or four? It might be four. I I don't. I haven't looked at the Tankathon website I because they might be four because they're tied with Washington, right? And I think their strength of schedule does not help. Um. So in terms of what do the Cardinals do here? Yeah, they're four now. I you know I think they keep Kyler. Yep. I, I don't. You know, there's a possibility they trade out of that number four selection and do something similar to what they did last year. Mm-hmm. Possibly come back up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. But Tyler. I think they go defense in the draft now. Ooh. I think they go defense. I they, they I mean, have if, a they have a defensive coach, yeah. head coach and yeah. Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. They, you know, if, if they want to spend in free agency on wide receiver, they can. Mm. And even if they they do have another first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. 
they can take a receiver late in the first round if they wanted to. Yeah. And if there is a game wrecker, possible defense alignment, someone that they can bring in and just absolutely set the edge, I think they should. Okay. I I, I mean, I at think four pe- right now, they could be out of the picture from uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. anyway now. Right. Because that's, I mean, that's what everybody's looking at now. I think we all, like we said, just getting back to your original point, Kyler Murray's the guy. No more needing to look at Drake May, Caleb Williams. Don't need to have that conversation anymore. Kyler's the guy. So Drake may not be the guy. Yes. Do you get it? Yes. Yeah. And Caleb will not be the guy. Okay. Okay. We tried. Uh, But yeah, so exactly. (laughs) So it's going to be something else. For me, in like you said, my thinking last year was the same way. They've got a defensive coach. Go get a defensive player, Will Anderson Jr. He's going off right now, but... With what Monty did with the trade and everything else, it it's worked out. Paris Johnson's a heck of a draft pick. He's going to be a lineman, starting lineman for years to come for this team. But that is exactly where my thinking was. I just think if you are in the spot to get that guy, it's a generational talent, rookie deal, you go do that. There's no questions. T. Higgins is going to want the moon. Some of those guys, Mike Evans, Mike Evans, going to want the moon. Marcus Hollywood-Brown, I don't know. I really don't know where, where he's going to be at in this whole free agency part of this because contract year, he didn't really... I think someone's going to overpay for him to be their number two. Like a Christian Kirk? I, I Yes. I think that's what's going to happen here. Yeah. Someone's going to overpay. To, they're going to have They're going to have a really good, like, look at, um, the Vikings I, aren't like a good example yeah, because but they, that's, but that's something, like, something that. like that where they have like a Justin Jefferson type. T. Higgins leaves, Marquise Brown goes to Cincy. Something along those mm-hmm. lines. Okay. Ooh, that would actually be. So I think. I don't know why Atlanta sticks out to me too. I think he might be gone, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, yep. I think he's, un- Unless Kyler can convince him to stay. Or he comes back and says, I want to prove it deal. And the Kyler relationship helps just kind of with that discount. Yes. Yeah. So if Marquise Brown is gone, Greg Dorch is your number one right at the moment. No, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson, Greg Dorch. Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore. Gadget. I, I, I like I like the opportunity to go to get Marvin Harrison Jr. But if it the price is too steep and someone is going to take him ahead of you mm-hmm. and you're going to have to give up two first round picks to go and get him, it's not worth it in my opinion. No, because there's there's too many holes to fill. Yeah, you can't especially be... at the wired receiver position. Mm-hmm. No, but you you should not be drafting a wide receiver that high in the draft. Whoa. I think he's the one exception. I don't know, man. I think so. But you can say that about anybody. People can say that about Caleb Williams and then he can be a bust, right? Like True. I just think I think I think everything is working for Marvin Harrison Jr. to be the guy. He's lived the NFL life as Marvin Harrison's kid. We've seen Marvin Harrison's track record. <laughs> I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, I would think, on that. So, I don't know, man. I think he's he's a generational type thing. you got to give Kyler weapons. Uh, I mean, other than that, I don't think you use an offensive line pick that high. I don't think there's anybody that's, that stuns me. got to be defense, I think. Because corner. This, corner uh, might be the I one. mean, like, they, they won the game in spite of the defense in some ways today. The defense still gave up 31 points. Yeah. Yep. So, I, I, if you want to go out and get a Minus corner. A pick six course yeah <laughs> <laughs> so hey i mean like maybe you know i guess 24 points then so you go you, you thanks go, for doing that Matt. yeah you're welcome <laughs> i had to think about it for a second um maybe you go out and get a corner maybe you go out and get a defensive lineman that is just a game record like i think that's the move at this point if you can't go and get marvin harrison jr so i guess what we can agree on it should not be an inside linebacker 
Maybe it should. No, Kaiser White is the guy. <laughs> yeah, but what about a second? Here's my thing. <laughs> like, if you if you really want to get off the rails right now, I think you should try to move Zayvon back into inside linebacker. Next Here we to, go. Next to Kaiser. Here we go. We're moving people around again. No, like, this I just is, this think has been the talk for two seasons. I know three almost now. But it just feels like if you can you can have Zayvon do the same amount of things you're doing off the edge like that, stay in coverage. Let let Kaiser just go hit people. Like that's. That's a very you move nice. Zavin back. That's a very nice inside. You bring in a rookie to fill that gap that Zaven left on the edge. Mm-hmm. BJ Ojolari, Dennis, Dennis Gardak, yep. a couple, you know, a rookie or someone. Yep. Like if you use a second, third round pick or whatever on. I don't know. We'll see. That was my very outside the box thinking on Friday when I was walking to the locker room. I don't know why it popped in my head. I'm like, why not just move Zaven back, or just rotate him in and out. I don't know. That might be a lot for somebody to put on, but uh, I guess, yeah, I just... What does this say to you, this this win, though? What a game. That's what it says to me. What yeah. a game. I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can say this isn't the defining game for Jonathan Gannon this year, for the Cardinals this year. This is the biggest moment of their season right now. He's the guy. He's the guy. And I think I think a lot of us already knew that. The wins aren't there. The culture is. And it's huge. It's it is the, building. Last the last regime could have won double the games, but I don't think anybody would feel as confident. To be completely honest, I think everybody would be like, "What's the what's the plan for this team?" There's a clear plan here, and you have this, and you, you're you're getting the Kyler Murray chapter of it closed or extended, however you want to say it, with just avoiding the whole quarterback carousel again of the draft or just the off season. So there you go. Now you just have to fill these spots with football character guys that we already saw them do in the draft and in free agency. You got you get more guys like a Kaiser White, you get more guys like a Paris Johnson Jr. or you get a guy like a Garrett Williams or a B. Joe Jolari who fought through injury to get to the point where they're at today and being contributors, that's gonna do wonders for a team. Regardless of what the talent discrepancy might be even next year. Because let's be honest, the old regime left this team in shambles. There's a lot of construction being done on the foundation to build it back up. Half of their wins this year is against the uh, the top of the NFC East, and they should have they should have beat the whole division. <laughs> I mean, they should have beat they should have beat Washington at least. Yeah, that was another game they should have won. Yeah. I mean, all of JG's old old squads. <laughs> it's incredible just what Jonathan Gannon Boom. has done this season to just you know, like you were talking about the culture that he's building. You can tell the players want to fight for him. Yeah, and you can tell Kyler Murray too, and, and that's the thing too. And I think a lot of people may just have it's all it's always it's always going to be there he's one of the most polarizing players in the state by far he's like the da of football for arizona sports. i mean i think in the sport he's one of the yeah. most polarizing yeah players. that's a yeah and, and it's it's there's always going to be those uh you know conversations is he the guy is he not the guy what do you need to do move on from him it's a new regime they need to bring in their own guy and or or hey he's the guy that's been here he needs to stick around he can show you what was and what can be like all of that conversation I think when you really sit down and watch Kyler kind of interact and do things now, it's very little, minute things, but you can tell he's he's answering questions a little more, like just thoughtfully, like even that, like I think that just shows you that he has no problem talking about what this team's doing and what this team's trying to get to, whereas last year, years before, it could almost seem like he was reserved and almost like he didn't really know exactly what the direction was going, but hey, they've got some wins, so we're good. This one, you can feel. Everybody doesn't like to lose. Nobody likes to lose. But you can tell these guys are are putting in the long game 
to get back into some kind of relevancy, maybe next year, maybe the year after that. But there is a clear path, and you cannot say that from last from last year's squad. Reminder, he's only 26 years old, right? So last year was 25, year before he was 24. He's growing up before our eyes. Yeah. In the spotlight, as a multimillionaire at, at this age, you know, it may be hard. There's growing pains there. I know that I'm not the same person now than I wa- that I was when I was 25, 24, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be growing up in the spotlight. Yeah, in the spotlight. Yeah. So I mean, that happens, and you know, I've really liked what I've seen. Uh, I mean, especially this week, I think we saw uh, shades of what we saw in 2021. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, and uh, there's only growth from here. Yeah. If he can continue to get better protection around him mm-hmm. in, in terms of the offensive line, mm-hmm. I think Paris Johnson Jr. is a stud. Yeah. I, yeah. I think this offensive line is going to continue to grow. They need, they need some guard help on the left side. Yeah. Um, and if they can continue to give Kyler time to throw. Um, it seems like his deep ball is back last year. There seemed to be a little bit of the yips with his deep balls. Oh, yeah. This year, you know, seems like he's right back on track. He's making those throws. He's pretty much on target. Um, yeah, I'm excited about what I'm seeing from Kyler Murray. Yeah, and I think just in adding one more to that, it's what he's done behind the scenes, too, of just fighting through this rehab, not having a training camp, not having any regular off-season workout, having a new coaching staff come in, new philosophy offensively, new footwork. Everything has changed for this guy. And you, I don't have to tell you, the change can really impact how people go about things in just everyday life. You could take it one way very negatively, which a lot of people I feel sometimes do when there's a lot of change like that. You're used to doing something, especially football players. They're creatures of habit. When they get something turned on its head like that, there's going to be some like, whoa, what are we doing here? And not only did he really just say, I'm all in, he's very much saying, like seeing the benefit of doing it, I feel, and just being able to be more in lockstep with guys that, like in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really know that well compared to, you know, Cliff was basically handpicked for him. Air raid offense basically picked for him. Now he's going back to a traditional NFL offense, and he's doing it in a way that is very, not stoic, but just easily doing it. Not easily. Like, obviously there's a lot of growing pains with it, but it just seems like it's a very easy transition for a guy who had so much back and forth in years past. He's understanding it well. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's important. And then, you know, you look at guys around the league who they had, you know, head coaches that, you know, possibly didn't work out. And then a new head coach comes in and they have success. Tua Tungavailoa um, mm-hmm. is, is, is a person that comes to mind. When he, you know, had Brian Flores as his head coach, struggled a little bit. But then last year and this year, has become an MVP candidate. Yeah. Kyler didn't necessarily have the time this year to become an MVP candidate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because he came in midseason. Mm-hmm. Next year, I think he could become an MVP candidate once again, like we saw in 2021. Yeah, especially if he keeps on this trajectory and and just continues to be all in with this franchise, which seems very much, seems like both sides are right there. So with that, this one more time, 35-31 Cardinals on the winning side of things this week over the Philadelphia Eagles. Jonathan Gannon's return, Nick Rollis' return, Zach Paschal's return, Kaiser White's return, but I don't think he was there today. Uh, Yeah. Really, really dominant showing from the Cardinals uh, of just 
having the will to win at the end. Just like we said, the four straight scoring drives to end it, definitely something you build off of. They've got one more game left against the Seahawks, and we'll see what day that falls on, Jeremy, because it could be Saturday, could be Sunday, depending on how everything shakes out with that and the schedule and the postseason picture and everything else. But to keep you guys locked on all of that, be sure to follow me at T Drake for Sports. Follow Jeremy. Where, Jeremy? Oh, man. I, I always change my uh, my hand. <laughs> That's it's, why I asked. It's uh, Jeremy G. Schnell okay. on, uh, on X. That's what I thought. Twitter. Follow that. Uh, AZ Cards Corner on X, formerly known as Twitter as well. Give us a follow there. Start posting. We'll start posting. We'll keep posting some stuff from practice. We only got one week left, so be sure to keep it locked. And especially on the Arizona Sports app, ArizonaSports.com, 98.7. Yeah. We'll Not only it. next week, though, Tyler. I mean, going into this whole offseason, it's yes. going to be a lot of talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I should have I should have clarified. Regular season talk. Yes. We're almost But there. you and Lauren are going to oh, be yeah. locked in on it's what's gonna be going to happen. And I think draft. it's going to be 20 times more busier and more eventful than it was last year, the year before. Nothing against Kaiser White, but I think we're going to have some sp- multiple splashy signings where it's like, whoa, they're they're really going for it now. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more Monty trades. So, yeah, it's going to be a very eventful, eventful offseason. Obviously, the two first round picks in the 2024 NFL draft, no matter how those shake out, those are going to be big pieces. And, yeah, we'll have it all for you guys again. Follow me, follow Jeremy, follow, follow Lauren, which shout out to Lauren. Hope you're having a good day, New Year's Eve. And yeah, with that, I guess I will. Uh, well, oh, before we get going, what's your New Year's resolution? Ooh, my New Year's resolution. Um, to be a good husband because I'm getting married wow. this year. There wow. There you go. There you go. Good job. That's, yeah. a, that's a great one. <laughs> Mine, man. I think I probably should have thought of mine before I asked you. Yeah, what the heck, man? Come on. You, you put me on the spot. I was ready for it, though. Oh, man. I think for me, it is going to just have a little more patience, try to be more, be a more patient person, husband, father, all that. I feel like I'm getting better, but you can always work on that. Okay. Actually, before we go, what's your New Year's resolution for the Cardinals? For the Cardinals. For the Cardinals. Let Monty cook. Mm-hmm. Just let him cook. Just give him all the draft capital. Let him do what he wants to do. There's your resolution. Perfect. And find, or no, play Greg Dortch. (laughs) Get him back on the team and play Greg Dortch a normal role. I mean, at that point, maybe you don't even need him at that point. But I think he can still be a vital piece. With that, make sure you guys set your resolutions. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you follow all of us. And ring in the new year with some more football because more is on the way. And try because we only got one more week left to enjoy football because it's Seattle and then it's into the off season where even more fun's going to happen. We'll see you later.